At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam. Things are a little crazy today. We're a couple hours early. Uh, cats and dogs are living together. It's mass hysteria. We've got some things going on here at work. I'm in at the actual fan sided office here today in Chicago. Because of some of those meetings, we had to move some things around and couldn't go live at five. But that's all right. We're here for you now. And if you can't watch live, we're sorry about that. But you know, you can hit us up on YouTube later or download the audio version. With that, Matt Verderam, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. I am uh, happy to be here. The last day of work. This is basically the last thing I'm doing. So that's just I got an hour left to work, but there's there's not getting uh, not not, not going to be a whole hell of a lot getting done. That's um, right. I am uh, getting ready. Got uh, baby girl coming Saturday morning. So oh man, a lot going on. But uh, yeah. excited, excited, and uh, but ready ready to talk about the Chiefs right now as we've got uh, an hour ahead of us. We do miss Genevieve arriving on Saturday. Uh, so fired up for you, man. So excited. Uh, we're going to miss you while you're, while you're out. We hope you can join us when you can, but you know, enjoy, enjoy that little nugget you got on the way. And Maisie's is going to be a big sister. I know. I don't know that the world's ready for that. Yeah. But you know, my, <laughs> usually this at the end of the podcast, my wife got her this little like chair for her room. It's like a, a really like high quality foam chair. And it's, I put it together earlier and I'm putting this thing together and, and I'm like, what? Like, how much did you spend on this chair? Like this chair is like pretty well put together for a four-year-old. Yeah. And I say this because it's ridiculous, which is the only reason I'll put the price of it. She was like, oh, it's two hundred dollars. It's like two hundred bucks. Like, <laughs> my God. Yeah. The, the chair behind me was like barely more than that. It's like two hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I felt bad. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like the next time you spend two hundred dollars on a chair that goes up to my knee. Please, yeah. please inform me. That was uh, that was a little bit of sticker shock. But yeah. uh, Nazy gets a chair that's more expensive than anything I got till I was about twenty, and uh, we're uh, we're in good shape. Hey, you know what? I know I know your nickname for Maisie is the Queen. The Queen needs a throne. Well, she's got one. <laughs> she's got she, one. She's got one. I, I should have just stacked money in there and had her sit on that. It would have been easier. Yes, yes, um, indeed. But uh, yeah, she's excited. We're excited. So yeah, I'll be. Uh, I'll be busy the next couple of weeks, even though I'll be off, but I'll try to pop on occasionally and bother everybody when I can. Should we do, since you'll be up in the middle of the night, I'm sure, should we do some midnight podcasts, just talk Chiefs I'll, with the baby crying in the background? I'll, I'll be able to. God yeah. knows. Be up at three <laughs> o'clock. 
But there, listen, you know what? I know nobody's here for that. I know it's sure. all about the Chiefs, and there's a there's a lot to get to. Yeah, you know the owners' meetings were this week. Overtime That's rules right. got changed. Uh, well, for the playoffs anyway. And then there's been some talk with the Chiefs around some corners, and then maybe even Diana Rossini of ESPN put out a report that they were sniffing around veteran receivers. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Like the Chiefs, we got less than a month of the draft, and yet uh, it feels as though there's a lot of meat on the bone here with Kansas City over the next four weeks. <laughs> yeah, a lot is going to be happening. Happening. And uh, let's let's start with the with the report from Diana Rossini about the Chiefs calling a while, around for wide receivers. And just right before we get to that, we want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company. They're at KC Beer Co. on Twitter. Make sure you hit them up. Let them know you heard about their beer on this podcast. It helps keep us in business. It helps us be able to bring you more streams, more Chiefs content. They're wonderful, wonderful partners of ours. And frankly, they've got tremendous beer. You know, you've seen us talk about them. So give them a shout on Twitter today. Do me a favor. Do Verderim a favor. We'd really appreciate it if yes. you got the time. All right, let's talk Chiefs. So the report by Diana Rossini was really interesting. And I, I wanted to pay. There was one thing that she said that I thought was particularly interesting, which was that she said the Chiefs were calling around asking teams about their top wide receivers. But one of the things she said was calling teams you haven't heard of. Right. Like, so we've heard that the Chiefs might be interested. There's rumors, right? They may might be interested in Seattle, but it sounds like they're doing their due, due diligence and they're calling people that maybe we don't even know that these receivers could be on the block. What did you make of that? And what's your opinion on the Chiefs potentially trading for a top guy? So I can tell you, first off, I reached out to a source last week about the stuff with Metcalf. I was told the Chiefs have not gotten involved in talks with them. Doesn't mean they can't. Maybe it's even changed since when I talked to the source five days ago, whatever it was. But I was told that there was a report out there that Chiefs and the Packers were on Metcalf. I was told that it's not true, at least from a Kansas City perspective, which makes sense. Because quite honestly, like where I stand on this is if they can add a receiver, fine. But if you go out and trade for a guy DK Metcalf, guess what? You're giving up premium draft capital and you're paying him a fortune. Well, if you're going to do that, then why didn't you just pay Tyreek Hill? Right? Like I, that's, that's where I, I fall short of that rumor. Now, I, I looked up which receivers are going to be free agents, or at least are slated to be free agents. Of course, not all of them. We'll get there uh, next offseason. Here's a, here's a list, a short list of some of the better players. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Cooks, Hunter Renfro, Marquise Brown could be if his fifth-year options declined. Those those are the main names. Okay, and, and, and to give them a shout-out because they do good work, I'm using a list off Pro Football Network right now. Those are the names. Of those guys, Samuel, th- there's no way. I mean, they would have to trade a boatload and pay him what they were going to pay Tyreek Hill. I don't see that happening. Metcalf, I just talked about. The guys who I don't see, you know, Renfro, there's no way the Raiders trade the Chiefs. The guys who are interesting are, to me, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Cooks. Cooks would cost the least because he's the oldest, and he makes the most sense in regards to the Texans are in a total, total rebuild. Tennessee's trying to win right now. Washington is trying to win that division. And if, and to me, if you're Washington, if you trade McLaurin, you have nobody who can catch pass. Like, yeah, yeah all right, Curtis sense. Samuel. But I mean, come on. Like, Brown is interesting. They just brought in Robert Woods, though. Like, would they really trade him? Would they trade him to the Chiefs? I think of all these guys, Brandon Cooks makes the most sense because you're not giving up a first-round pick to get him. You probably could get him for a mid-round pick. And it's a team that I think if you're Houston, it makes sense to take that pick. That, you know, because where you are in your development. Right. Do you think that on the DK Metcalf thing, and I've heard the argument, why don't you just pay Tyree Kill? Well, what about DK Metcalf's four years younger? And he's not going to be sure. as expensive as Tyree Kill, particularly if you get him and you extend him now. He's going to be expensive, but he's probably not going to cost as much as Tyree Kill. So in a sense, 
you you still end up, you probably still keep some draft. Like, right, you're not going to pay any more probably than the Raiders paid for Devontae Adams and and that, you know, that the, the Dolphins paid for Tyree Kill. So you still keep some of that draft capital theoretically. We don't know how it would work out. You get four years younger and you have a guy that is has higher upside. He has a longer upside than Tyree Kill does. That's still not no. interesting to you? It's interesting, but it's a loaded draft with receivers. And I don't look, I, I am in a way, I'm a little bit counterintuitive with this with the Chiefs. Yeah, they need a number one receiver. Like Smith-Schuster is not that. MVS is not that. Hardman's not that. Although Kelsey is that, but he's 32. Their problems to me are so much more about the defense. Yeah. Like, I want them going after def- – I would far prefer them to go out and trade for James Bradbury and then take their first-round picks and invest in defense. Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't take a receiver in the first round with one of those picks. If, if there's a guy that they really like, I have no issue with them pulling the trigger on a guy like that. But of those three top 50 picks that they have, two of them better be on defense. That yeah. team needs an edge rush in the world. I would take two edge rushers. I would take an edge rusher. I would take a receiver with the top three picks, and then that third pick. I'm looking at corner. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at defensive line, whether it be edge or inside. You need to fortify this defense. They're going to score points. Like this team is so prolific. I know they lost Tyreek Hill. I get it. They're still going to score a ton of points. Like they they don't have bums at receiver. Like they still have sure. good players. They're still going to score. And like, I know a lot of people already have talked about Jameson Williams and right. Epic is bringing him up. Like he'd be a great fit out of Alabama. I do not think he's getting to the Chiefs. I think that to trade up. But you don't know. You don't know how the draft's going to fall. You know, there's always a couple guys you feel that way about, and they fall down there. There's a couple kids out of Ohio State. Patrick, you're more familiar with them even than I am. Garrett, uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who are really yeah. interesting guys. Wilson will not be there with the Chiefs pick. Olave, maybe if he falls a little bit. There's Williams out of Alabama. There's Pickens out of Georgia. There, I mean, there there are a host a host of – I'll tell you the one guy I like, and he's fallen because he didn't run a great 40 time. Traylon Burks can play out of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I don't care what he ran as a 40. That guy can play football. Like if that guy – if he fell to the Chiefs in the late first round, I would I would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's really interesting with the draft. I saw a report today, and, and forgive me, whoever tweeted this because I can't remember who I saw that said it, but they said that they had talked to an executive and they said, listen, I'm telling you, those two wide receivers out of Ohio State, they are they are not going to be – be there late that they're going to go a lot earlier than a lot of people think so that's really interesting because when you when you when you consider the two of them you consider pickens jameson williams like there's it's the chiefs could get even just by staying put because remember there'll be a run on receivers but people need other positions of of priority right the the raiders probably aren't going to take a wide receiver now um, no, you know, if they did it would be hilarious. Right. Also, the Raiders don't have a pick to the third round, so they're not taking eight. Oh, that's true. yeah, that, that's not not ahead of the Chiefs. Um, no. yeah, but so you know, it's going to be interesting to see if they stay put. Who is still there? They could get a lot of value. One thing that I worry about, though, and one of the reasons why I'm sort of pro DK Metcalf or pro trade for somebody is the win now approach. Right now, I'm not saying don't worry about the defense, but we've seen rookie wide receivers come in and make an instant impact. They definitely can. Right. Especially if it's a talented guy from the first round. But what if they don't? Like, what if they are somebody? Or what if you end up with a McCole Hardman or a Jonathan Baldwin, right? Now, I'm not saying that these guys that could fall to the Chiefs late in the first round are Jonathan Baldwin, but I'm saying we've seen it happen. I I, I feel like it's a little more of a crapshoot with receivers. We often see a lot of guys taken in the second round, things like that. They come in, they're really good. So do you like the sure thing, even though, you know, you pay more for it? Because we know the Chiefs wanted to pay Tyreek Hill a lot of money. Yeah. Just not as much as he wanted. So if they could get in the ballpark with uh, somebody get like like Metcalf, d- I mean, does it help you win a Super Bowl this year? I don't think it does. Like I, I, I think they need a defense. 
That's what this team needs. They need a defense. Like, I'm a big believer in, you have Patrick Mahomes. He's going to make the guys around them better. Yeah. Like, Albert Wilson got $24 million because he played one game with Patrick Mahomes. Right. I mean, honestly. Yeah, he made out. I mean, you're going to tell me Demarcus Robinson would be on whatever the hell he is now, his fourth contract if he was playing with Chad Henney? Yeah. I mean, that that, that ain't happening. He could be out of the league. I, I, I mean, oh, come on. Like, yeah. But that's the part of this, too. Like, do I think that McCole Hardman could have 900 yards this year with increased targets? Yeah, I do. I'm not saying I bet on it. Do I think he could? Yeah. Do I think Smith Schuster could get back to being a guy with 11, 1,200 yards? I He, to me, and maybe I eat it on this, I think he is the most underrated signing that they've made in a while for one big reason. You go look at his career. That kid, at a very young age, was putting up massive numbers across from Antonio Brown when Roethlisberger could still throw the ball. And then Roethlisberger got hurt. He played with absolute BS with Hodges and Rudolph. His numbers went down. Then he played with Roethlisberger the last two years. Roethlisberger cannot throw the ball. Like, I could easily see Schmidt-Schuster, if he plays a full season, I could see that guy having 1,200 yards. I mean, he's still going to be the number two target in that offense with Kelsey. By the way, Nick, no one's talking about Stephon Diggs because the Bills would have to trade Stephon Diggs. If they trade into the Chiefs, I will donate a year's salary. Okay? (laughs) That ain't happening. So it's it's one of these things where – I just look at this as they can elevate guys. Like they, Mahomes, Mahomes can elevate that receiving group. Valdez Scantling as well. He cannot elevate that defense. He cannot elevate them. They need look. The one thing Chiefs fans I think should prepare themselves for, even if they get a Bradbury or a Gilmore, and I think they will. I think they'll get one of them. This is going to be a defense that's very young in some spots. I think it's going to be very athletic, but it's going to be young. It's going to be inexperienced. You're probably going to have to live with a defense early in the year. Is going to get torched sometimes. It's going to happen. They are, now, in the secondary, that may not be the case, right? Because they're bringing back some vets. Justin Reed is younger, but he's a vet. And if they bring in Bradbury or Gilmore, obviously a guy with a lot of experience. But in the front seven, I mean, Gay and Bolton have played, but they've never played to the level they're about to play. They're going to play a lot. You know, one of those guys is going to be wearing the green dot. My guess is obviously Bolton. I think like that's going to be that's going to be a big difference up front. You do have, look, so, I, I mean, we all know with Clark, he's he's what he is, but he's a vet. Jones is a vet. Nadi's a vet. But they're going to have younger guys. Like This is going to be a little bit of a different defense, but I think the ceiling, if they hit on these picks, is really high compared to what it's been, where maybe their floor was a little higher, but like you knew they had massive limitations with guys like Neiman and Sorensen and last year Hitchens. They've clearly gotten younger. They've gotten more athletic. They've gotten more flexible in the cap. If they trade for a receiver, like I'm not going to lose my mind, but I really think they need to fix this defense. Go draft a kid and let him work with Mahomes. If you draft even a halfway decent receiver, he'll be fine. Yeah. So since we're talking about the defense, we know that the Chiefs had Arden Key in for a visit. Right. They did not sign him. That doesn't mean they didn't try to sign him, but he ended up with the Jaguars. Have the have the financial details of that one been released yet? I know it was one year. I don't. Yeah, know. just one year. I know that. I don't know if he. I don't know what the contract number was. What he signed for. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. Any any information? Any inside information that you have? Why that didn't work out? Was it just not a good fit? No, Jaguars I, more like. You know, I'll be honest. I didn't dig a ton on it. My my initial reaction was, I'm sure financially they could have fit if they want to. I I think part of it is they need the financial flexibility for what they could do down the line here. Like if you're Veach, and I, and I don't know, let's just say you got one year, $5 million. Uh, I'm not sure what you got. You got, okay, see, th- these guys are in. Uh, you'd think I'd be aware. Although we yeah. have four, seven, nine. And nine, yeah. Who's I, got it right? Up to $7 million. 
Um, <laughs> I've been a little busy this week. I, I hate to you know, throw that out there, but it's just the truth. Regardless, look, I think if you're the Chiefs, you're keeping your flexibility to some degree because you might bring in a, a Bradbury who's $13.5 million. Now, I'm not saying they couldn't assign Key. I just think it's one of those things like if they brought him in and it worked and everything worked out well, fine. I don't think they were overstung about it. Look, they're going to need to bring in guys. No offense to Arden Key. Arden Key's fine. I said this on the pod the last night. I'm not losing sleep over RQ one way or the other. They need yeah. to bring in somebody who can really play. And let's be real, a rookie coming in, that's, you know, that that's a huge risk. Like that guy might come in and have three sacks. You right. don't know. But that's where the Chiefs are at. That's where the Chiefs are at. And, and it's apparently one in seven. And I gotta be honest, if I'm the Chiefs, now I, you know, maybe all, some of that's incentives and whatever. I mean, I wouldn't have paid him seven million dollars. At that point, I'd rather just bring Ingram back. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know how he plays in the defense. Right. So I think there's a, a little bit of a known quantity there, too. We got a note here in the chat from uh, from 88 Tyson. I think he's talking about me. What's up with the guy with the earphones saying he was super underwhelmed during the Tyreek trade? 75 million saved over three years. Yes, very underwhelming. Guy's a joke. You hear that, Addict uh, Nation? I'm a joke. Look, we were live when the Tyreek Hill trade went down. And uh, at the time, we knew that the New York Jets were involved, New York Jets who have two top 10 picks. So both myself and Verderam, when we saw that he went to the Dolphins for which is uh, essentially amounts to a second round pick, uh, number 29, we thought, well, damn, that sucks. That's not a good trade. Why didn't you trade him to the Jets for number 10? And we found out later that the Jets did not offer a first round pick. I don't love the Tyreek Hill trade. That doesn't mean I don't think that the Chiefs are in a decent position now because of it. Obviously, they've got a lot of draft picks and they have a lot of cap flexibility. That is good. But what we talked about during that live stream, and I still believe this, and it's why I'm interested in DK Metcalf, you don't know how long the Chiefs Super Bowl window is, right? Unfortunately, anything could happen. Patrick Mahomes could get a horrible neck injury. I'm knocking on wood. I'm not trying to bring that evil into this conversation, but I'm looking at 28-year-old Tyreek Hill, who's a very special player, and I'm saying, and I think you felt this way too, Verderam, damn, why don't you just re-sign him, yeah. build your defense, and try to win another Super Bowl right now? Look, I, I'm, I see this on Stack in the Box, which hopefully everybody subscribes to, and if not, no, that's fair enough, but you can if you'd like to. It's a national pod. So if, if you already heard me, forgive me. But I, I was look, I am already sick of these people who are like, well, the Chiefs won the trade because they got five picks. The Chiefs didn't win shit. Neither did Miami. You don't know who won that trade. Call me in three years. And then right. I'll tell you, you have no idea. Okay. And this I this all this notion that, like, well, you know, they they got X amount of war, wins above replacement. Through, I mean, come on. Come on. What do we, you don't know? How could you possibly know what the wars of these guys? You don't know who the guys are. You don't yeah. know who the hell they're taking. Right. Like, I hate when people do this stuff. It's such a load of crap. My father has a great great saying about potential. Potential is a fancy way of saying you've never done anything. Right. Right. And all these guys, look, you may have different levels of potential and that's fine. By the way, the Chiefs may hit on two or three of these picks and then they win. They win. Right. Like right. if the Chiefs hit on two or three of these picks, they win. And if they bring in a couple of guys with that 75 million that really help them, they win. But if that 75 million goes to Sammy Watkins and Frank Clark, okay, and you draft a bunch of guys like Clyde Edwards Alaire, you don't win. Right. I don't care what the war of the trade is. Like the Chiefs traded away the only known quantity in that trade. That's exactly it. That's a known it. quantity. A you Hall of Fame wide receiver. 
He yep. is walking into Canton one day, okay? He helps you win a Super Bowl. Now, I'm not sitting there saying that it's not going to be a good trade, but Tyson Williams or Sky Moore, bro, what if Williams and Sky Moore suck? Every yeah. year you listen to these, like, oh, well, what about Michael Crabtree? I, I remember when Michael Crabtree was coming out of the, uh, of college, Texas Tech, Mahomes is alma mater, and everybody and their mother thought he was going to be a Hall of Famer. He was a good player. That's what he was. He was good. Wasn't bad. Wasn't a total bust or anything, but he was certainly not Calvin Johnson, okay? He was not a great, rare era player. Okay? He was a good player. And by the way, I like Jameson Williams a lot. I'm, I'm with you, Tyson. I think he's going to be really good. But my point is you don't know. Even maybe maybe he turns out to be great, but he's injury prone. Maybe he doesn't fit for whatever reason. Maybe you draft a guy, I'm not saying Williams, but just anybody who has off-field issues. You don't know. Yep. And you know what? They might end up taking this thing and drafting two Hall of Famers, and you may say it's the best thing they ever did. Yeah. But you don't know. And that's the point. The Chiefs traded away a guy who is a first ballot Hall of Fame talent at 28. And maybe he falls off a cliff and Beach looks like a brilliant individual. Or maybe he goes to Miami and has three 1,400-yard seasons and the Chiefs draft the second coming of, of John Jenkins. Okay, A.J. Jenkins, A.J. Jenkins. And you end up going, oh, God, how could they have done it? And I'll yeah. give you two quick examples. So the bottom line, Tyson, they did not win. Bro, no, I'm, I'm sorry. They they're just, a worse football team right now than they I mean, were before on. they made the trade. Like, how could there's no argument that right now you know they won this trade? Zero. Yeah. Zero. And you know what kills me about stuff like this? I'm not I'm not taking this to Tyson, just in general. If if you were a Broncos fan and saw this trade, you'd be thrilled to death. Yeah. I mean, you think there's anybody in the AFC West going, damn, the Chiefs got two forts. I, yeah. I what do we get? If the Bills traded Stephon Diggs for the same package, you'd be thrilled to death right now. Now the Chiefs might be able to prove that they can get it done. And Veach is drafted very well. Like, there's precedent that he's done well. But I'll give you two quick examples as to why you don't know what's going to happen. I'll give you a perfect example. In 1989, the Vikings got Herschel Walker from the Cowboys. Okay? The Cowboys got eight picks out of it. Now, in the end, the Cowboys ended up drafting Darren Woodson and Emmitt Smith and Russell Maryland and Kevin Smith, the corner, and they had a dynasty in a large part because of the way that trade set them up. Cowboys won that trade. That's the way you're hoping it goes for the Chiefs. Yeah. Here's the flip side of it. In 2011, Atlanta moved up 21 spots. They got Julio Jones from the Browns. The Browns got two first-round picks. They got three additional picks as well, a couple in the second, I believe. Everybody and their mother thought Atlanta was nuts when they did that. Atlanta ended up getting a first ballot Hall of Famer, and the Browns took five guys who the most notable name was Brandon Whedon, okay? Right. You don't know. Now, do I think the Chiefs are the 2011 Browns? No, I do not, okay? I think the Chiefs are much closer to the Cowboys and that brain trust than the other way around. But all I'm saying is if you think that it's just some given that either of these teams won this trade, you don't know. I know this. The Dolphins got a great player. The Chiefs got picks and cap space. One of those things, you know exactly what you got. The other one, you don't. The Chiefs may end up winning this trade, but to sit here and say that you know for a fact or that you're absolutely positive they won, you don't know that. Nope. You don't know, and you won't know for years. Yep. And those Atlanta Falcons that you mentioned that drafted Julio Jones came within a whisker of winning a Super Bowl. Right. They had to have an epic melt meltdown, so it almost worked out even better for them, and it certainly worked out better for them than it did for the Cleveland Browns. All right, let's get to some questions. So if you like this podcast and you want to become a subscriber, of course, you can subscribe on YouTube. You can subscribe on Apple 
all of those places. If you want to become a member, an Arrowhead Addict podcast member, we have an absolutely awesome crew of people. We have a private Discord. Check out the information in the description. Uh, we got some questions from our private Discord with our Arrowhead Addict members. We're going to tackle a couple of those right now. This one came from our guy, Raymond Chandler. Uh, this is an interesting one, Verdram. A lot of people you know, in, in the Chiefs kingdom with the way that the defense has played as of late, they're not big fans of Spagnolo. I know you think Spagnolo is a great defensive coordinator, does a really tremendous job, knows more football, will forget more football than we'll ever know. But Raymond asks, can you talk about whether Spags is part of the reason Clark, uh, Chris Jones, and Ingram and Clark are as bad as sacks as they were last year? He said, you know, I would not expect that group to be close to the worst in the NFL in sacks. So what was it, Verdram? Was it was it scheme? Is it on Spagnolo? Is it on the players? Is it a mixture of both? I think it's a mixture of both. But it's, I, I think it's more on the players. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not like we're having a Bob Sutton special. He's dropping him at the coverage. Like, can Frank Clark beat somebody one-on-one and get a sack? Yeah. I mean, is that not on Frank Clark? If I got to listen to one more person, I know in this chat, we really don't have much of this. But you know, on Twitter, I get these people who are like, well, listen, Frank Clark, he's actually better than he's been. No, he's not. Frank Clark's fine as a, as a second defensive end. When you're paying him a fortune, he's not fine anymore. He has had times when he's been good for them, but he's been a guy, mostly, mostly. The playoffs, he's been much better than a guy, but mostly he's been a guy. Jones, I think, look, part of it is they haven't had a second-edge rusher that scares the hell out of anybody, and he's getting doubled every play and, and even tripled at times. I think Jones and Ingram, though, one thing I will say for them last year, I thought they got a lot of pressure, and sometimes that, that's a little bit fluid. Like Some years you get a lot of pressure and you get eight sacks. Some years you get a lot of pressure and you get 13. Like, I, I will say this with Spagnuolo, and everybody knows who listens to me and who listens to this podcast how I feel about him. I think he's a very good coordinator. I think he presents a lot of unique challenges for quarterbacks. They switch up their defense. They're hard to read. However, I do criticize him and have criticized him for the fact that they constantly trot out these guys, especially in sub-packages. Neiman and Sorensen were the big guys last year, who you just cannot understand why they're on the field. And it's constant. And it's they play them at the detriment of these young guys, and it, it drives me nuts. And I, I got to be honest, I think Brett Veach basically took care of that on his own this offseason by saying, we're just not bringing those guys back. We're not bringing back Dan Sorensen. We're not bringing back Ben Neiman. We're not bringing back Anthony Hitchens. You're not going to have the option to play these guys. And I think that's a damn good thing, right? Elijah yeah. brings up third and 27, which is a, a painful episode. Right. I think Spagnuolo, like I always judge it by this. If Spagnolo was a free agent defensive coordinator next year, how many jobs would he have offered to him? A lot. Yeah. He'd be in he'd be in the running for a lot. I don't think he's a top three coordinator in the league. I think he's a top ten defensive guy. I do. I also will say this to be fair to the man. I do not think they've been working with a ton of defensive talent at times. Like Matthew was a great player for them. Jones is a great player. They've never had a top shut down number one corner. They've never had that since Spagnuolo's been here. Okay. They they finally have good linebacker play. They did not for years. He's never had a real great edge rusher on the Chiefs. Like I, I think to be fair to him, he's kind of had to do a little bit of smoke and mirrors at times. But I will say there are things he does, like I mentioned, that do drive me insane. Yeah. And I, I just want to say in the chat too to to our friend Tyson here. Listen, man, we love talking Chiefs. We we're, we're glad you're watching the show. Uh, we like talking Chiefs with our community, but you don't got to be an asshole, man. You don't need to be calling people a joke and saying shit like that and talking shit in the chat. You want to be cool? You want to talk Chiefs football with us here? That's all good, but you know, don't be so miserable. There's no way to go through life. All right, let's move on to another question. I thought this one was interesting from our guy, Scooter Wallace. He said, can you talk about the Rams plan versus the Chiefs plan? Because the Rams plan isn't going to last. Chiefs are doing something smart long-term. Rams are going to be absolutely terrible in like four years with no draft picks and no 
money. How do you feel about that sort of that go all in approach? The fuck them picks, you know, Rams, they won a Super Bowl. So, you know, that's not that's not something they have to apologize for. But over the long haul, look, Stafford's at the end, of the, getting to the end of the line, right? He's an older quarterback. He doesn't have as long to go as as Patrick Mahomes. So I think they're in two different positions, right? The Chiefs want to win for a long time. The Rams want to win now. That's their window. But what, what's your, your opinion on that approach? I don't love it. Um, I know they won a Super Bowl. They were extremely fortunate. I mean, let's, let's just call it what it is. I mean, yeah. the Rams lucked in to having an incredibly easy road. They played a decimated Bucks team that they barely beat. They played a Niners team that was missing half their team that they barely beat. They played a Bengals team that couldn't block anybody. That They they needed a, a drop by Boyd. And they needed Jaquaski Tart in the NFC title game to drop an arm punt by Stafford. They also had the luck of the Chiefs playing the Bills in what was the best game I've ever seen in my life. And then in the AFC title game, the Chiefs melt down. Like, I would not call that a like. Does anyone in the world think the Rams are the best team in football last year? Like, does anybody really genuinely think that? We were at the Super Bowl. We talked about this all the time. Like, nobody there felt that those are the two best teams in football. It just so happened that it worked out that way. And hey, that, that happens. That's fine. They won. But yeah. do I think the Rams are the best team? No. And I got to be honest, they're worse this year. They're worse. They lost Austin Day to the, to the Chargers, good defensive tackle. They lost Von Miller to the, to the Bills. They lost Darius Williams or corner to Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I saw they brought in Bobby Wagner, and I am going to reserve judgment on the contract because I don't know the details. Five years and up to $65 million for Bobby Wagner on his face is insane. Bobby Wagner's in his 30s. Like, yeah. The guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but what? They don't have an edge rush that scares you anymore with Miller being gone. They, you know, Whitworth retired. They, they lost they lost a. Corbett off their offensive line. They lost Robert Woods, as Elijah mentioned. Yep, they replaced him with Allen Robinson. Beckham, we'll see. I mean, I think the Rams are a good team that everything in its mother broke for them last year. And hey, that's fine. That's the way it goes. But I, I don't I don't look at that and go, yeah, I think that's a great way to build the team. I don't. I don't. Not at all. Yeah, and I really, and I talked about this on Tuesday with, with our co-host Sterling Holmes. I really think, and I know everybody is like, because the Chiefs got all these picks, and they got the, the cap space with um, with the Tyree Kill trade, that everyone's like, the Chiefs have a plan. They're going really young. I, I think yes and no. I really believe that Veach is going to let this situation come to him. Keep in mind, the Chiefs were trying to re-sign Tyree Kill to a lot of money. They were not going to have cap space, like a ton of cap space, and they were not going to have a ton of picks. So for everybody that keeps saying, the Chiefs have a plan, this is what the... No, they were trying to sign Tyree Kill. Devontae Adams got traded. The wide receiver market went crazy, and they they had a limit. And 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 if Tyree Kill had gotten traded on the first day of free agency, then I would have felt like the Chiefs had a plan, right? This did not work out in their favor in that it would have been better for the Chiefs if all of this stuff happened really early on so they could have taken that cap space and gone after free agents that are now signed to other teams. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I did a spaces on this on Twitter the other day because it was really starting to drive me nuts. Like, yeah. look, they did not trade Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill didn't want to be in Kansas City. That, yes, that is, that's also that just, false. I, I, I know for a fact it's patently false. I know that for a fact. They traded Tyreek Hill because Devontae Adams got a huge contract and it blew up their negotiations with Drew Rosenhaus. And by the way, I know this because Drew Rosenhaus flat out said it in a radio right. interview. Like, yeah. it's not, it's, I mean, some of this stuff I've had on sourced info, yes, but some of it, like, Rosenhaus has said it publicly. And then once they decided to trade him, they went out and got the best offers they could. Well, Miami has a ton of draft capital. Right. That's why he's in Miami. Okay, now, he had a choice between the, the Dolphins and the Jets. And Obviously, went with Miami, but no, no, no. Look, they have one plan to me that's been obvious throughout this offseason. And the Hill thing is kind of notwithstanding because I don't think it was part of their plan. 
they wanted to get younger and more athletic. And they did that defensively specifically, right? Like they went out and they got, you know, a couple of guys we haven't talked about who are depth guys, but Jermaine Carter, a linebacker from Carolina with 88 sacks, or 88 sacks, that had a hell of a signing, 88 tackles last year. Deion Bush, who's basically going to be the Sorensen replacement, okay? They went out and brought these guys in off rookie deals. They're young guys, they're cheap, they're athletic. That is the plan. Justin Reed is a younger, more athletic version at this point of Tyron Matthew. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Tyron Matthew, but the Chiefs are basically saying, look, do do we think that his next three years are better than Tyron Matthews' next three years? That's not the worst bet in the world to make. Justin yeah. Reed's a damn good football player. And you know that I felt that way because I said the trade deadline, I thought the Chiefs should try to trade for him. So he has made sense for them for a long time. He makes a lot of sense for them now. He's a quality guy. They need to continue to get younger and more athletic. How long have we all talked about the fact that defensively they are not the most athletic team, that they can be slow at times, which is why, honestly, I'd like to see him bring in Bradbury. Like everybody talks about, like, well, he's old. He's 28. Now, Hill is 28. But again, I don't think that the, in fact, I know the plan was not originally a trade Tyreek Hill. Gilmore goes against their plan a little bit. Older, some injuries, not the athlete he once was. Still a good player, but not the athlete he once was. Bradbury can play. Like, he had a little bit of a down year last year. Let me tell you something. I know a lot of people who are Giants fans who cover the Giants as well. Bradbury is thought of to be in very high regard, who last year had a bad year because that team was a train wreck and basically quit halfway through the season. Yeah, I have a feeling that if Bradbury came to Kansas City, you'd be like, wow, he's a number one corner again. Yeah, because he's on a team that actually wants to play football. Right. Okay, so I think I think that is a significant way to go. And also, the draft is not great in corners. I think if you're the Chiefs, you sign Bradbury or trade Brad for Bradbury. Excuse me, you could do that, and you can you can maybe add a, a depth veteran wide receiver. I think you're in pretty good shape going into the draft. I'm not saying you're as good as you were with Hill because you're not. That's why you have the draft now, 12 picks. But I think the Chiefs would have to feel at least pretty good about where they are at that point. Yeah, and, and you know, like I said, these GMs and Brett Veach is, is no different. Yeah, of course they have a plan, right? He had a plan going into this offseason. His plan, part of his plan, was to extend Tyreek Hill. They were working on it for weeks. We know this. It, it wasn't able to happen. But in the NFL, you've got to have contingencies because just because you want to do something, like you want to sign a player in free agency or you want to extend Tyreek Hill or you want to get more draft picks or you want to get younger, sometimes things happen that you have to alter your plan. And that is what happened here. They were like, okay, we can't re-sign Tyreek Hill. We've got contingencies. We're going to get as much value as we can. What do we need? We need cap space and we need draft picks. So if we're not going to bring back Tyree Kill, we need those things. That's going to give the Chiefs flexibility. So just because they have cap space and draft picks doesn't mean that Brett Veach is going to use all of that to get cheaper and younger. It doesn't mean he's going to use maybe right. some of it. But like, what do we know about Brett Veach? He likes to go big game hunting. He's not afraid to trade first round picks or second round picks to go get proven veteran players that he thinks can help the team win now and win a Super Bowl. So it, does that mean that he's going to trade any of these picks? No, it doesn't. But what it means is he has the flexibility. And when I say I think Brett Veach is going to let this situation come to him, that's what I mean. If he call, like, sure, he call up and ask about DK Metcalf or any of these other wide receivers, and he finds out what the price is. And if he likes it, he makes the move. And if he doesn't, that, just like with Tyreek Hill, I'm not willing to go that high. That's not what I think is in the best. That's not part of my plan. So then he ends up in the draft. So I don't think Brett Veach even knows exactly how this is going to turn out. He doesn't know who's going to be there when they get to pick number 29, right? They, so, yeah. So last year, last year, <laughs> I wrote a piece detailing after the Chiefs offseason, going into camp. I detailed their offseason and how everything came together. 
from the Orlando Brown trade to the Jerron Reed signing to the draft. And through talking to, to a lot of sources close to the team for that piece, one of the things that came up was they looked at the offensive tackles that they thought would be available to them in the first round. And they decided they didn't like some of the prospects. They didn't like some of the medical on some of the prospects. I won't say who because I don't think it's fair to the kids, but some, some of the medicals. And then they aggressively went after Orlando Brown. I mean, that happened a week before the draft. These things are fluid. They really are. Now, my guy, my guy Tyson, who I'm not quite as uh, upset with as you are, says, who do you guys want to see the draft, uh, Chiefs draft specifically? You guys won't talk about it. All right, Tyson, I will talk about it. I'm happy to do so. Okay. Who do I think they should draft? First of all, for the record, they draft 29th and 30th. So unless one of us has a crystal ball, I can't tell you who's going to be there at 29th and 30. I also don't know if they're going to package those picks. If they package those picks, the draft value charts is they could get to about 11, maybe 12, okay? Or they could move back. They could move back and get a second round pick extra, depending on how far they move back, they could get a third round pick. But if they stay at 29 and 30, if they stay there, I would like to see the Chiefs go after Boye Mafe. I will tell you right now, he is an edge rusher from Minnesota. I spent two days with him out in Thousand Oaks. You should check out my Twitter profile. It's pinned to the top. I literally spent two days with him and Ike Kwanu and Aiden Hutchinson. Patrick was out there with me for the first day. Okay. I spent a lot of time with those guys. If you'd like to know who Boya Mafia is, you should click on that article. There's 4,000 words about all those guys behind the scenes looked at nobody else. And I mean, nobody else in this country has gotten to see over those two days. So I would go after him. And again, you would not get whoever you'd want at 11. You don't know who's going to be there at 11. What if a team jumps up at 9 and takes Garrett Wilson if that's who you want? You don't know that. Now, you assumingly would move up to 11 knowing who's there. But again, it's not draft day. I don't know who's going to be there. You know what I think is great? Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. But you know what? It's probably not going to be a 29. But maybe he is. Maybe he falls. Maybe he falls to 22 and the Chiefs decide to trade a first and a third to get up there. There's so many options. That's why I go by position and not player, because they're not drafting fifth. You know, when Eric Berry got picked, yeah, I could pretty much sit there and tell you, yeah, Eric Berry. Because Sue and McCoy and Bradford were going to go ahead of those guys. I don't know at 29 or 30 who's going to be there. I would tell you, I think Mafe's a stud. I think he's going to be really good. I told you earlier, you were listening, I thought Traylon Burks, who's dropped because he was a 4-7 guy, 4-6 guy when he ran, Okay, he's a guy who I think would be a really interesting fit for them. Traylon Burks is somebody who I think has a lot of talent. He dominated at the SEC level. I think he gives you another option in the passing game who's a little bit different than everybody else. Okay, I like him quite a bit. And by the way, if you go to NFL.com, it's just a great job with all their their, their uh, rundowns of every prospect who was at the combine. I, I believe even some guys who weren't. What they give you, so he ran a 4.55. I was going to say, I felt like 4.7. Sorry. He ran a 4.55, right? He's 6'2", 225. He's a bigger guy, right? So that kind of fits the mold of what they've gone for, which was Smith-Schuster and MVS have been bigger receivers, guys with a bigger catch radius. I don't think that's on on accident. I think it's intentional. I think that's a way to go. And Scooter, you mentioned the last guy I was just going to bring up, Christian Watson, who I saw down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. He's a guy with good hands. I'd like to see him team to work on his routes a little bit just from what I saw. Now, granted, I only saw him for two days down there. Keep that in mind. It was pouring the whole day, okay, both days. But guy with good hands. Another guy, Christian Watson, is a big guy. He's a big guy. He's somebody who, again, we talk about catch radius. He's somebody who can really go and snatch the ball. I like his hands. I think he's a a player who would be a really good fit in Kansas City. And again, to bring up his profile, because again, I think NFL.com and Lance Zerline do a great job over there. Look, you look at him, 
He's six foot four. You know who else is six foot four? Marquez Valdez Scantling. He's also six foot four. He's 208 pounds. He ran a four three six. Got a nice vertical, a big broad. Now he played in North Dakota State, so he didn't play against top top level competition like Burks did all the time. But I will tell you right now, if one of those guys is sitting there at the end of the first, I love that pick. So for me, if if I if they get to 29, they're keeping both picks, and and you have Burks, Watson, and Mafe, I take one of those receivers, Mafe, and call it a night. Yeah. I, love I hope Mafe that answers well. your question. Love Mafe as well. Um, as you know, if you leave, a, we're not just on YouTube. We are a podcast that is in the App Store. So if you go to the Apple uh, Store and you want to leave this podcast a five-star review and ask us a question, we'll answer it on the podcast. And we're going to do that right now for our guy, Mashki, uh, left us a note the other day. Wants to know a little bit about Joshua Kando. You know, in a draft class that has Creed Humphrey, Nick Bolton, and Trey Smith, there are some other names who I personally forgot could we expect to see anything from Joshua Kando or Cornell Powell next year? Cornell Powell, as you know, was on the practice squad most of the season. I mean, I don't think you can expect anything because yeah. you saw nothing. Now, doesn't mean those guys can't improve. Doesn't mean those guys are not working. Cornell Powell right now is training with Mahomes down in Texas. So he's showing the willingness to get better and to work, but it's hard to say. You know, I, I mean, I, I personally am not going in with any expectations of the two of them. I'm not. Again, maybe you get something out of Kane, though. Maybe you get something out of Powell. But I, I think to go into the season expecting those guys to contribute, I feel like that's hope. That's not really a plan. Yeah. And listen, Cornell Powell was a fifth round pick. He was a fifth round pick for a reason. He wasn't ready. In fact, there are a couple guys that made the team last year. Don't forget about these guys who are already on the team who have been in the developmental system for a while. Uh, and guys like Jody Fortson and Darius Fountain. I would expect those guys to be in the running to fill out the back end of that wide receiver core again. I mean, they both made the team or were up on the roster. It, 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 it really looked like Fortson was at least going to be a red zone for threat and special teams player for them before he got injured. Uh, really excited about his potential. I'm excited to see these guys in the preseason. And they're going to get a lot of reps. They're going to get a lot of opportunities to prove themselves. I think Fortson projects really. I mean, he and Noah Gray. I give I give the Chiefs. I think a pretty good mark as to where they are at tight end. Like yeah. they, those are those are good guys to have. Gray's a developmental project. Fortson, I think, really should. He can play. Like it's not. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and have 700 yards, but like I think Fortson could be a good tight end too. I do. I, I think he could be very good actually. Look, they need to fill out their defense, especially in the front, and they need to find a corner again. How would you look? How would you guys and and you can swap out names, okay? How would you feel at the end of the offseason if the Chiefs walk away with James Bradbury, Melvin Ingram, Boye Mafe, Christian Watson, and then they have ten more picks on top of that, right? Or if you don't like, or if you'd rather have Traylon Burks, okay? Or you want to go the route of Tyson? You'd rather have Sky Moore, whoever you want to throw in there, okay? You get the receiver of your choosing that's realistic at that point. You get a Mafe. Okay, and again, if you want to throw on a different edge rusher at that point, that's fine, right? You get Bradbury, you get Ingram. I mean, I think for the Chiefs, you don't know how those guys are going to play out, by the way. Like, Kristen Watson could be Jerry Rice. He could also be Jonathan Baldwin. You don't know, okay? Because when Jonathan Baldwin came out, nobody thought Jonathan Baldwin was going to be Jonathan Baldwin. If yeah. they did, he wouldn't have been drafted. But I think it's interesting to see how quickly things can change. And if they and if they had a couple of days like that, like I think all of a sudden, you feel pretty good. You feel pretty good about it. I really do. All right, next up, we've got uh, another review from Good App 78 
Uh, highly entertaining and informative. I love this podcast. The four hosts teach me a ton about the Chiefs and all come with their own interesting perspectives. Appreciate that. I, lo- I look forward to whenever they release new content. I learn way more from Arrowhead Attic than I do from Sports Talk Radio in Kansas City. Although sometimes we are in Sports Talk Radio in Kansas City. Um, this is a great way to learn and stay informed, at least uh, Chiefs news and speculation. Keep up the great works. We really appreciate that as well. Uh, and then the last one comes from our, our PR manager, uh, Clint McKenzie. Um, and of course, it's, it's a food take. And we are getting to the, to the end of the podcast here. We the are. bacon He calls us the bacon double cheeseburger of cheese podcast. Oh, that's maybe the finest compliment we've ever been paid. Uh, if you don't figure it out from the title, here comes some clarity. Number one, my favorite food of all time is a great bacon double, triple, quadruple cheeseburger. Number two, this podcast is that, an audio form to me. Cheese podcasts come and go, wax and wane. However, this particular set of shows is the one I never miss. As a cheese fan, presumably one in search of excellent, fun content centered on our team, you shouldn't miss it either. Appreciate you, Clint. Always appreciate your support. Bird Rim, we're 29 days from the draft. Do you think the Chiefs will make a big move I guess in the form of a trade, because most of the free agents are signed, the big name free agents, with the exception of a few. Tyron Matthews still out there, Odell Beckham Jr. Do you think Brett Veach is going to take some of this draft capital and make some kind of move, whether it's for a wide receiver, a cornerback, before the draft in 29 days? Yes. What do you think? What do you think out there in the chat? Is Brett Beach going to move some of these picks? Look, that's a lot of that's a lot of players to bring in. And the Chiefs don't have a ton they're not, of room. They're not taking draft yeah. picks. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, they're not taking 12 picks. Yeah, that's not happening. So, yeah, I mean, look, Bradbury is not only being courted by Kansas City, but yes, I think the Chiefs, they have have more capital than anybody else who's going after them. So, yeah, I would say that they are in the driver's seat for that, right? That's what Matt, like, why did the Dolphins get Tyreek Hill? They had more capital. That's why. Yeah. That's why they did it. I saw, by the way, somebody I wanted to get earlier, uh, Zachary said he'd like to see the Chiefs take Kobe Bryant. Good name. Out of Cincinnati in the third or fourth round, if he's available, I'll tell you right now, he was one of my favorite guys at the uh, at the Senior Bowl. I loved watching him. I loved watching Bryant at the Senior Bowl. I thought he was really good. So I'm with you. I think he'd be a great day two pick, day three pick. And then, you know, I think I think look, as far as as far as these other picks, there's there's no way they're taking 12 fast. They're not. There's no way they're they're taking 12 players. And also, real quick, uh, somebody asked, uh, Keith uh, asked, am I coming to the draft in Kansas City next year so you can buy me a beer or several? Uh, yeah, I certainly plan to. Uh, I, I normally do go to I've been to the draft many times. I plan on going next year. This year is out because I'm being uh, being held close to the uh, house by uh, the little one here in a few days. But, um, yes, I plan on being out in Kansas City. Yes, uh, you want to buy me a beer or several at the Casey Beer Co., I'm down. I'm uh, I'm happy to party. Yeah, you know, I think with the, with the draft being in Kansas Kansas City. I think we're going out. I think we're doing at least one, if not multiple live podcasts from the draft. It's going to be a lot of fun. So buckle up. Very excited about that. But before we get there, we got to get to the draft that we have coming up in 29 days. So if if you guys want more, again, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, ask us a question over there. Always appreciate your support. We're sponsored by KC Beer Co. And finally, the schedule. It is Thursday. Uh, on Tuesday, Matt Connor might be back from Germany. Uh, Sterling Holmes will be here. And then on Thursday, I will be here. Probably not Matt Verderam next Thursday. It might be a little bit. Uh, no, that, that's yeah. not happening. That's not going to happen. So I'm going to have to find a, a, a co-host. Maybe Tyson will want to co-host with me so he can call me a joke in person. <laughs> Come on, Tyson. Let's, let's would, put you in the actually, hot seat. I would have to tune in for that. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, you and me, Tyson. We're going to talk Chiefs. You can clown all my terrible takes. It'll be fun. 
All right, everybody. Thank you so much for your support again. Uh, We love doing this for you. We love talking Chiefs. We will see you next week. But until then, go Chiefs. Chiefs.